When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. We've got Dre here. We've got Hank here. We've got Jake here. It is a full-on draft party, and there's a ton to go over. The Senior Bowl's coming up. We're going to dive into some positional matchups that we're really looking forward to. We're going to play some games over under, talk about where we see some of these, you know, top players going in the draft when it's all said and done, start with QBs. We'll break into some other guys that we wrote down. And then we'll also kind of just dive into some of the most recent mock drafts. It's obviously mock draft season, all kinds of rankings coming out from various draft experts around the country. A lot to get into. I mean, we're, we're starting to form our own. And one of the things that I really liked was uh, a lot of the picks that we threw out on our most recent mock draft last week ended up, you know, being what are what is happening in the most recent mocks. You know, we we had Evan Neal going number one. We're like, you know, that's not that's not absurd. And now I'm seeing that pretty consistently. What else has kind of stood out to you guys? Let's start there because our presenting sponsor, DraftKings, I noticed a huge shift in the first overall pick odds. You know, last we talked about this, KT, Kevin Thibodeau basically has been in the minus 110 range. So basically even odds, the odds on favorite almost all season. Aiden Hutchinson kind of surpassed him. After the playoffs, they were kind of neck and neck, right? They were talking about how that might have been Hutchinson's peak and KT is the kind of prospect who could surpass him. Well, now everyone's at plus money. Hutch plus 155, Evan Neal plus 200, KT all the way down at plus 250, which jives with our mock. I mean, we had them dropping out of the top two, right? So now it feels much more wide open. Ike Mekwanu, the only other one at shorter odds than plus 1,000 at plus 500. So it's two edges, two offensive tackles. I wouldn't even go as far as saying franchise left tackles because we all know that's the big debate with Iquanu. And then it's a crapshoot, man. Um, so this deal is wide open. We knew this top 10 was a different type of 10, but it starts at one and, uh, man, shouts to our guys at DraftKings who have killed me on these head coaching odds because the Intel they get as good as anyone, Gerard Mayo rumors locked to the Texans, put money on that, probably lost it. Quinn was a lock to the Broncos, doubled down on that, lost money there. Um, so they know their stuff. I'm listening to these guys when it comes to draft rumors just as much as I listen to the big national guys. It's a good point. I mean, Vegas is there. They make money on everything. They beat everyone to everything. So if, if 
you know, they're, they're sniffing out the potential of Evan Neal to go number one. That's with good reason. That's because scouts, that's because GMs across the league, you know, people in high places are, are putting that information out there. So, you know, you, you just got to take it seriously at this point. I, I probably value Vegas more than anybody at this point on, on just about everything. Even, even if they are occasional, cause like I said, they hit way more than they miss. They put a line on it. It's pretty much, uh, I don't want to say it's gospel, but it's um, almost written in stone, right? Written exactly. much chalk. <laughs> There's a reason, man. There's a reason. These guys don't want to be wrong. And, uh, you know, they got contacts. Uh, it's not like agents only speak to uh, to these guys, but where do we want to start with these mocks? I think the one that made us feel best about our mock was probably the Daniel Jeremiah mock, right? Um, you know, Sauce Gardner goes top 10, Devin Lloyd top 7, I mean, KT dropping out, probably Kyle Hamilton going third overall, biggest switch from us at the top. We had him dropping a little, right? But um, I mean, he fell to Denver, but we talked about it, how he is a top four talent. It was just one of those weird situations where he just kept falling. And then when we got to Denver, it's like, all right, we can't possibly drop him out of the top 10. Right, Sorry, I didn't right. mean to cut you off there, Dre. No, no, not at all. Um, I agree completely. And uh, Traylon Burks, wide receiver one, right? right. Um, though, Jesus, the Falcons at eight go wide receiver. Holy shit. That's like, <laughs> that's the most Falcons-y thing <laughs> of all time. Um, never left. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> they do pull the plug on a quarterback um, on Pickett. And then like after that, it's a, uh, it's full on funsies with Trent McDuffie 10th overall. Yeah. I mean, those Washington DBs in both these mocks, I think, uh, what it's the DJ one where, where Trent McDuffie's top 10, but then, uh, in let's see in the other one, he's right around 20, I believe, but you also have, uh, the, the bigger Kyler Gordon, that's his name from Washington. Um, where Trent McDuffie's kind of like this small little slot guy. Um, Come kind of Bryce Callahan like with a little bit of versatility too, but then you have the big guy, Kyler Murphy, Gordon. right? Another oh, one was yeah. another Washington guy. Jeez, almost said that's even Tyler, better. Yeah, sorry, Husky guys. He feels like that, right? But shit, top ten for that kind of corner, man, that's crazy. That's he's just buzzing around cool. though. That's he's one of those guys who's just everywhere. And then uh, with with Kyler Gordon too. I mean, people didn't really watch Washington last year because they suck so much. But they played so much man coverage, and and it's those two kind of locking down the receivers out there, and they were just getting run on. Um, so you have kind of that longer outside corner, somebody we haven't talked about at all, and I'm surprised to see up there with Kyler Gordon. But it's kind of fun seeing these guys. And I mean, the other takeaway at the corners, I think, is just Ahmad Gardner. Like I think it's time we just say he's cornerback one. I I, I think with all the tools, the man coverage, now we're seeing it mocks. I'm ready to just say, yeah, he's he's the first cornerback off the board. Yeah, it looks like we've been kind of gearing up to that. <clears throat> a guy that's really built steam consistently throughout the season, and it's uh, really kind of coming to a head now with draft season. I think a lot of people are recognizing him as cornerback one. Um, he just gets his hands on the ball, man. That's something I value too a lot is his ability to create turnovers, get his hands on the ball. Um, has been one of the uh, – absolutely the best cornerback. I mean, Stingley – he had the production that freshman year, but it's really gone downhill since. Um, and then, again, not really familiar with the Washington guys yet. So, yeah, Sauce Gardner, uh, definitely in position to be CB1. 
think uh, he's a guy that just continues to to build on what's already been an impressive resume. He's going to flash in in the draft evaluation process and G five or not, you know, it's kind of like me with Trey McBride. There's some guys you see where they're just different, and that's what's exciting about all the Senior Bowl stuff and then the combine is you get to see them go up against that top level Big Ten competition, SEC competition, etc. Totally. Um, also, Daniel Falele from Minnesota sneaking into DJ's mock there um, at number 30 going to the Dolphins. That's an interesting one to me because he, well, he's, the, he's the guy who's like 6'9", 350 or whatever. <laughs> and he's just a big boy. He tries to stay <laughs> under four bills. That's, yeah. that's what he is. He he's is free. at four bills. If he can stay under, it's a miracle. And it's why he's like kind of one of a kind. In a lot of ways, I've expected his uh, stock to sink at any moment. Credit to him, though, man, rowing the boat over there with P.J. Fleck in that like spread-out offense at right tackle. He's held it down, and he has an opportunity to make a, make a, a, a mark at the senior bowl because he's another of these guys. I mean, but I love that you're going that direction, Hank. I thought just like the corners, the offensive tackles had a lot of surprises. Totally, totally. And with Paul Lele, like I feel like with tackles in general, there's it, it almost feels like if if you're one of those massive guys, then it's going to bump you up from like mid first round to early first round. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like if you're just like one of those six foot nine, whatever, four hundred freaks, and you're sitting there projected like late second round or whatever, it can kind of bump you down because it just feels like uh, this guy's kind of gimmicky. Like, do we really think that this yeah. guy is going to? Yeah be like a real football player in the NFL. Cause it just feels like you, you don't see people like that play the position or really any position. It feels like an upset for them to get there. But if he's getting that sort of hype, then maybe he does kind of get in that tier where it's like, this is somebody who's a freak who could change the league and not somebody who you need to really develop right for him to have a role. But yeah, it's been a, He's been an All-American, uh, or at least on the preseason list and stuff, going back a few years. I think he opted out in 2020, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, he look, he can definitely buck the trend. Another guy, uh, Trevor Penning. He, uh, DJ yeah. had him at 14th overall, and then uh, I don't think we've ever talked about him, but at 17, Bernard Ryman uh, yeah. from Central Michigan. Yeah, we kind of include him in the small school tackles. I'll talk about the small school guys from time to time, but... Um... Yeah, you're talking about those guys as OT three and four in front of Charles Cross and Kenyon Green um, in this mock. Found that really interesting. I think where we diverge the most probably is we had edges going really high. Carlaftis, Ojogbo top five. Um, Carlaftis 15 here and Ojogbo all the way out of the top 20. I think um, 23 to the Cardinals. That was noteworthy, as well as Nakobe Dean. Um, but and I think this mock really shows like around seven, eight drop off, like falls off a cliff. Um, I did notice he had both of the Georgia defensive tackles going in the first round. He had Devontae Wyatt going to the Packers at 28, and that's a guy who we've had a, a ton of love from. Somebody's oh, yeah. going to get a steal in him either late in that first round or, or early in the second round. Um, from a Broncos perspective, if you're looking at this, Jamison Williams falling to the Chiefs at 32, Chris Olave going to the Raiders. Both of those would be pretty scary, I think. Um, 
we'll see what happens, obviously, with the Raiders coaching position and all that. But Mm -hmm. with that 7-8 drop-off, I agree. But then there's also, like, Derek Stingley sitting right there. Where it's like, that's that's a guy with elite tools who, if if, if he's sitting there at 9 and the Broncos get Derek Stingley, we're all going to be hyped about it, you know? Like, right. like well, you're going to be saying, oh, this could be like a, a corner just as good as Pat Sertan. Although there is like the other stuff where he hasn't quite played up to that potential. So I do think that there's a drop off, but I'm is still the excitement there about- if you get Stingley and every quarterback is still on the board. Because again, like our opinions on these quarterbacks and not being top 10 worthy are pretty clear, but there's still going to be a large, you know, contingent of the fan base that quarterback top 10, no matter what. And it seems like in looking at these mocks, like people, the, the, the mocksters like Kenny Pickett. I, I think I think that the mocksters would say Kenny Pickett at nine is a pretty good pick. I mean, I guess we should say that's that's who uh, um, Daniel Jeremiah has the Broncos yeah. taking at nine. Mel Kuyper has Nicobe Dean from Georgia there. Right. But I mean, much lower in Jeremiah's mock. True. Um, mm-hmm. The top of um, Kuyper's mock, as far as front seven guys, aligns a lot more with what we were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, Hank. It's Kenny Pickett season. Will it last, though? Will it last? We are, we are an eight-inch hand away from that bubble bursting real quick, baby. <laughs> and to sell that Kenny Pickett stock. I know. In about four days. I'm, I'm a- just really... I'm really curious what I'm going to think when we get to the draft. Like at that point, what am I going to want? I have no idea. Like, I think there's a world where I'm saying like, yeah, you just take Kenny Pickett here. He's, he's too sharp. He's putting up big numbers. He's going and competing in the ACC, setting records in the ACC that that Deshaun Watson set. However long, like at some point, is that just going to wear me down? And the Broncos are going to need a quarterback. Let's break into the game. Then let's start doing this over under. Cause this is kind of the whole point of it is set the, set the line. Where you? What is the line for Kenny Pickett? And we'll all decide if we're we're going over or under. Yeah, Hank, you got to go pick here. You can't go around. Pickett's mm-hmm. too uh, too in the too weeds specific, here. Yeah. I'll yeah. say uh, I'll set the line at thirteen and a half. Okay, that's a good line. Thanks. I know. I was trying to think of what teams are around there, and I couldn't come up with it. But I feel like thirteen and a half is a, a line I like. Well, you got the Broncos at nine, you got Washington at 11, uh, Minnesota at 12, uh, even Cleveland at 13. Um, I'll go first. I'll say under, um, I just think that when it's all said and done, this quarterback class, yeah, we kind of see them rise. I don't know if we'll see them rise that much though. Um, I think we'll end up being more right in terms of the edge players at the end of the day or at end of April, I guess. Um, I think they'll end up going a bit higher than they are now. So I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go under that 13 and a half. So you were saying he's selected after that pick. Yeah. So actually, it's an over, over. I know. Over. over with, okay. With yeah, picks, over. those over unders are always confusing. They are. Good. I, I will go under. I think this line by actual bookmakers will be set at 10 and a half because, you know, it needs to have mass appeal. And basically, you're betting on will he go to the Broncos at nine or will he drop to 11? And who knows, maybe something happens with that ninth pick as we all, uh, as the rumors will swirl from now until March. Um, and then that might be more in play or less in play by that point. Um, oh God. 
See, I think at this point in the season, going under is the smart money, but once we get to the draft, we might going over. And he is such a guy, like, early on in my draft analyst career that I would have really gravitated to. Because he has so many things to like. He checks off so many boxes. He's got that swagger and leadership you want at the position. It might not look like the tightest spiral, but it gets where it needs to be. Um, he played at Pitt. Like, I know some of his worst games came in less than ideal weather, but he's, like, dealt with the elements. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like recent history has shown us you're probably better off going from a guy who had to be the dude for his program and kind of carry his offense. Think Josh Allen, think Mahomes, think even Herbert at Oregon, though they never quite let Herbert do that, which was part of the problem more so than your blue blood program prospects, right? The Ohio state Clemson. Alabama guys have been a mixed bag to say the least USC, what have you. Um, so you like that profile from him. He's also old as shit. And I really wonder about his ceiling. And I think it starts at the senior bowl where we're going to see the higher trait guys show up. So you know what? I'm, I'm going back. I'm saying over, over. He does not go before the 13th pick. I'm going over as well. I've never been crazy about his arm strength. Like, I mean, he's just one of those guys. Like, there is a lot to like, but it's also, I just can't help but question, is this going to work in NFL windows? And we'll see. You know, I'm not boldly, you know, coming here and being like, he's going to be a bust. But I've said for a reason that I don't believe any of these guys are top 10 worthy. And I don't know. I just, I feel like he's more like 15 to 20 when it's all said and done. And I think another quarterback potentially passes him like Matt Corral or Malik Willis or even Carson Strong. I know the hype isn't there for him at the moment, but I'll, I don't know why, but I just keep going back to George Payton being in person for Carson Strong, just throwing dime after dime in Fort Collins. Saw so many nice throws in two quarters that he didn't even have to stay for the whole game, but it's a it's interesting debate at quarterback and it sucks that Denver's still in this position where they need a quarterback because they might have to gamble on one of these guys. And I'd almost say it's not so much like the fit in NFL windows in the short to intermediate, but it's the ability to push the ball. Can you stretch the field? And I'm with, I'm with you in that. I love his scrambling ability, but I wonder, is that going to translate right Um, against athletes that tick just a little higher? Is he going to look the same? And honestly, I've kind of been burnt by Bridgewater. He reminds me a lot of Teddy at Louisville. Oh, that's such a good comparison. I mean, young Teddy could do some things. I'd say young Teddy was probably a little bit more explosive than, than Kenny, but very similar in in the way they played the game and, you know, not a perfect throw, but good enough. In most instances, you're not really counting on him to beat you for a 60 yard ball over the top. There's a lot to like, there's just also a lot to just be like, yeah, Yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's all right. I guess I'd, I'd take that. No. Do you want to do you want to handicap Carson Strong, Justin, or do you want yeah. to okay, go for it? So I know that I'm biased when it comes to Carson Strong, so I know he's not going to go as high as I think he is, and that's okay. I'm going to put it at 55. Does he end up going in the second round or third round, I think, is probably what it comes down to for Carson Strong. Again, maybe he just lights the world on fire you know, at the senior bowl and he gets that meteoric rise when all of a sudden he ends up being like a top 15 pick, but that 
I think there's enough that he's going to have to develop it. You know, I'm going to put it at 55. I'd, I'd take the under on that one. I think he goes with I might there. too low. I think, uh, I think you wind up seeing those six quarterbacks go in the first two rounds. I think three in the first, three in the second is the way it plays out. And uh, he, he might be like at the very end sneaking in there, but I don't know. I guess what, what really scares you is the knee and the surgery that could potentially Okay, so what if I say 45 then? Because I feel like I, I feel like this was right well set. the bat. Yeah. 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 Well Another intriguing one in we'll probably get these kind of lines closer to the draft is like him versus Ritter. Who mm-hmm. goes higher? Right. I like I feel like Strong's traits, there's just so much more to, you know, you're gonna watch those deep balls. I get that Ritter's a good athlete. He can throw the ball a little bit too, but when I you push see that back arm, on traits and just say arm. Yeah. Like Strong's gonna arm. have it's the just arm he's again. got a freak arm and somebody's yeah. gonna fall in love with that. That's really all I mean. Yeah, I'd go under that mark too. I think we've mentioned it too many times that this quarterback class is more a day two type of class anyway. And I think that once we get to that uh, that Friday mark, um, we're going to see a lot of them go early on rather than later. Plus, I think the Broncos being in there that that's what seals the deal for me. I'm still I'm still worried about the injury, but 45 with the Broncos picking at 40. I think the the odds are too good. He goes to the Broncos there. I'll take the under. It's a good point. I would have set the line at 39 and a half, make it interesting. Mm, yeah, mm. In, in the top 40. And I would venture to say, because of the nature of this class, wouldn't be, I would bet that over half of the first 10 picks to start day two are traded. Now, that almost always happens, anyways, but in particular this year, we'll really right. see that. Especially if you only have like one or two of these QBs go in the first round. Again, right. I, I do think it'll be at least two, but if it only is two, then it's going to get really interesting in those first, you know, 10 to 15 picks if there's just like a run on quarterbacks. Let me go Malik Willis. I'm going to set that number at 26 and a half. Ooh, that's perfect. Yeah. I'm going to go over. I'm going to so go higher. He, yes. he does not go top Later. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. I think the potential for him to sneak into the back end of the first round, and then obviously second round, he'd definitely go. But the we we saw we saw him not play well enough in in the couple of games that people really cared about, and I think that that's what stands out to me. And for that reason, like I just don't think that that's somebody who was a first round pick, you know. And again, in this draft class, who knows if that means you actually go sure. in the first round or not, but. I I think it's more likely sneaks into the back end than gets picked at like 20 or something. Yeah, I think the the big caveat here is with, um, as it stands right now, picks number 30 and 31, the Niners pick going to Miami and the Rams pick going to Detroit. Both teams kind of in need of quarterbacks. Um, We've also seen the 32nd overall pick being traded for quarterbacks Mm -hmm. just to kind of snag that fifth-year option. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go over two. Um, It's a good line, though. Um, but I think that that back end of the first gets him in. I'm going to go under. I just, mm. I like, I think he's a guy that's flashed enough that I could see him going, you know, like 22, 23. I don't think he's going to be a top 20 pick, but I, I could see somebody liking him enough to be willing to trade up a little bit to come up and get him at the end of the first round. Maybe a team like Detroit, you know, just trade back, move up five picks, get the QB you like. You may maybe don't love any of these guys, but if there is one that you feel a little bit stronger about, you know, it is worth investing a little more capital to go get the one. And I think he could be that guy. 
does feel like his stock set up to not totally be a massive riser in this process. Um, but, you know, we've seen guys like Daniel Jones, Deshaun rise up this part of the process. So it wouldn't be unheard of, but he's really got to nail the interviews and show like some nice growth and mechanics and stuff. Um, Cause the thing is like his legs are why people are even interested. Like he has like the big arm and all that, but without those legs, like, like he's expected to just run like a four, four. And, and if, when he does it, I don't think he's getting bumped up for that. That's just kind of the expectation. Right, and then we'll have the week of the bullshit conversations of should he be a running back, and then... Um, oh, I love that we had. Great time uh, to be on draft Twitter. Sam Howell, then? I'll do that? Go for it, man. That's my I, guy. <laughs> I put out on Twitter, I might need like a helpline for fans of quarterback needy teams who are going to inevitably talk themselves into the quarterbacks, <laughs> because I'm starting to do that with Sam Howell. Yep, yep. He's uh he's one of those guys that um he's gonna shine here coming up. This is his uh type of setting here in pre-draft season. I'm gonna put it at uh 49 and a half. I'll take under. I'll take under. Because because the way way I see it now, I've got like two guys who I think are gonna go in the first round. I know that there's gonna be a third, and it's figuring out who that third is. I think the odds are good enough that it's Howell that I'll take the under. I would have taken the under at 29 and a half. Really? Yeah. I would have set his number similar to Malik, but probably a little lower. Oh, wow. Maybe I'm discounting my guy too much. I think he's one of those guys who we really start to buy into now. You know, uh, he's going to look good throwing in, you know, the empty stadium with the scouts around and, you know, throwing the deep balls and, I think we put too much stock into stuff like that, but it is going to help him. And I also think people are going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for this past season. It wasn't great, but they're going to be like, look at the talent that they lost at receiver and running back. He's basically out there trying to play hero ball. He kept them in games. You know, there were games where it was at least intriguing, basically because he was able to run around and make some plays. Right. Or some things, but that's what happens when you don't have weapons. Josh Allen did the same thing in Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. Now, his measurements are big coming up in Mobile. He he has to be above six foot. It'd be really nice if he was above six one, you know, um, and still at that 220 he's listed at. But, you know, between the running ability, how young he is, right, the recruiting pedigree, and despite that youth, still a three-year starter, so you love that. Um, yeah, he just he's such an easy guy for these NFL dudes to – sell themselves on he, he just needs to not be a dick in interviews and i think he could really do big things here potentially even go top 20 i think having mac brown in your corner is beneficial i think we underlook stuff like that some of these i mean we're seeing it with some of these alabama players nick saban started campaigning a little bit harder for them the last couple of years and that's the thing he talked about in interviews and all of a sudden you know one it helps with talent but just those connections you know mac brown's a guy that's been around a long time I'm sure there's a GM that's known him since Texas. He's like, look, I promise this guy has it. You know, like all those backdoor political conversations could could work out for Hal. But I, I like a lot of what he brings to the table. Hank, you're up, right? Yeah. Um, so close it out with Ritter. Yeah. Or let's let's fly real quick, just because I'm curious. I, I want to hit Corral and uh, Zappy too, if sure. we can go real fast. Um, so Ritter, real fast, let's put that at 50. 
or fifty and a half. Uh, Let's go fifty and a half. Fifty and a half, forty nine and a half was tough for me. I'm gonna have to go over, man. I uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I watched a lot of Ritter this year. We all watched a lot of Ritter this year, I think. And uh, despite him playing in the playoff and everything, I just don't really know if I saw anything that's really there, honestly. Um, oh yeah, I'm over. I'm over as well. I was going to go under. I mean, it's well set. I think he could sneak into the top 50 and all these guys kind of sneak into the top 50. He's the borderline for, yeah, one for me. He's like QB six of six. So it's, huh? I, I don't He's know. As man. I mean, I think as any of them, but the least exciting of them. And that's right. why it I feels like someone... a like late second round or early third round pick someone will talk them into him being like a Dak Prescott type mm-hmm. and they'll take him and try and get him in that mold. But I mean, remember even Dak was drafted to be a backup. Um, he wasn't drafted to obviously be a starter right away. So uh, if that's Ritter's path, then uh, I think that about says it. Yeah. Is that the line for Crow? Um. Let's do, I'll say uh, 14 and a half. Mm, I was really hoping you put it up higher. Really? Like anything, anything 20 or above, it's definitely the under. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. It's a tough one. I think that probably 15, 16, 17, I feel better about them. Like 12, 13, Under 14. Washington takes them. It's a well-set line because I could totally see trades occurring early teens or someone waiting right around that 15 mark to pounce and get them. Um, but I think that's the range he's going in, you know, like the teens. Over. I think I think his stock falls a little bit. I don't love the guy. But I can Feels see like people he talking about well in Washington's up. offense. With You know, we talked about that already. On the on the mock draft, just with the skill guys they have, do some RPO stuff. It kind of it just widens the the margin of error because you can, you know, yeah. take a little bit off of his shoulders. But I, I I agree. I'm not in love with the guy by any means. Hank, go ahead and set the line for what is it? Zap the yeah. Um, blue zappies. Zappies. I'll throw that at. Let's say seventy two and a half. I'm going to take the over. I just think that there's too many quarterbacks around that 50-ish range. And uh, once they go, it'll kind of be like the teams that needed a quarterback kind of got their guy. And the teams that don't won't be reaching for a Bailey zap. That is true that like at that point, there will be six quarterbacks off the board. Yeah, exactly. Under. Um, Really? Spicy. Just barely. Why not? I don't want us to all be in together the entire time. <laughs> what uh, a great season. <laughs> Jake said everything, so I agree yeah. completely. 62 touchdowns, though. I don't know. You could, uh, He has to have like a good senior bowl. bowl and all that stuff, but I don't know. Hey, man. Mike White came out of uh, Western Kentucky. You never know. He could be another Mike, Mike White. White. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can bet on a lot of this stuff over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And right now, there are four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. That means four teams left for you to bet on. 
Go do it at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. What a deal. Some interesting matchups. Niners, Rams, you know, does Shanahan continue to own McVay? What happens in the AFC? We shall see. Put your money where your mouth is over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a current customer, get involved with the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet $5. Win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's with the promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. Also, uh, Sexy Pizza. So Sexy Pizza has been in the Denver community for 13 years. Um, it's as local as it gets. They make hand-tossed deck oven pizzas. They make their dough from scratch every morning. And uh, you can find it at any of their four Denver locations. Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill. And they've got a new location that's open in Trinidad, Colorado. Um, you can get all sorts of different sizes of pizza, all the different toppings. They've got sizes like wings, salad, pasta, knots, dessert options. They have vegan options. They have gluten-free options. So many great options at Sexy Pizza, including their Philanthropies, which is where a nonprofit goes to Sexy Pizza, designs a pizza, and then anybody who orders that pizza will be contributing some of what they pay to that nonprofit. That's awesome stuff. You can check it all out at www.sexy.pizza. And uh, yeah, make sure you do that because it really is the best pizza in Denver. I've been missing it. That's I miss the sexy pizza at the tailgates more than I miss the actual football play on the field of the Denver Broncos season. Yeah, <laughs> and that you know, but that's okay because the we got a, a new era. I'm looking forward to eating that sexy pizza in the Nathaniel Hackett era. Feel a little bit sexier. Let's uh, let's keep the game going with some of the prospects. Um, or, or do do we want to keep the game going, or do we want to go into the Senior Bowl stuff? I, I guess it probably makes more sense to just keep this rolling. Yeah, we can keep the game going. I mean, it, these are all senior bowl guys, except for mm-hmm. Matt Corral, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just want to get ready. Obviously, one of the bigger weeks in scouting, we're going to get into some fun matchups. But yeah, let's keep playing that game with non-quarterbacks since we've gone through all those quarterbacks um, and just the dudes you are most interested in, maybe some of the more volatile stocks mm-hmm. or uh, biggest potential sleepers or risers coming out of this. Anyone... Want to start us off? I've got my list ready, but I also uh, want to. Yeah, I'll, that I'll, I'll kick us off and we'll start with Team DNBR Athlete, the Mackey Award winner, Trey McBride, who we talk about a lot. But whenever we have local guys that are, you know, this much in the conversation, we're going to make sure they get their love. I'm going to put the line at 31 and a half. Does he go in the first round or not? Well played. Hank. Um, go for it, Hank. Oh yeah. I'll say I'll say under. It's it's a close one though. In the first round or not. I do wish if it was 32 and a half, I'd be a little more confident. I'm sliding in there with like the, the Chiefs and aging Travis Kelsey. That's the weapon that they give him. Assuming they win the Super Bowl, you could see it. I don't know. We'll we'll go under. 
Yeah, I'm going to go under too. I still don't think we've hit prime Trey McBride season. I don't think he's gotten his oh. proper dose of national hype um, as well as just overall draft hype. Um, he's going to be a first rounder. That is a great point. Yeah, I could definitely see him just consolidating his stock. And, you know, there's so many question marks in this class that all of a sudden he's one of those sure things and is like solidly in the top 20. Oh, man, you you really made me think about that one, Jake, because I was I was going to go over just because I if I were to handicap it, I'd say it's like a 38 percent chance he goes in the first round, 62 percent chance he goes out. Um, you know, something along those lines. Um, so yeah, I'll go over, but I, I think Jake makes Jake really made me think about that because you, you might be onto something. I think you nailed it, dude. He's scouts are going to fall in love with them when they talk. He's one of those guys that's really going to shine, not just in the games, but in the practices with his blocking ability. And right. he's just a really complete football player. And I know it's a cliche, but he's like, you know, one of those like John Madden type guys that's just you know, loves to play and coaches love that old school shit. So I think he is going to, to really help his stock over the next month or so. I can do another one if we want, or we can just keep yeah, uh, rotating. Okay. All right. I am very interested to see what happens with San Diego state defensive end Cameron Thomas, mm-hmm. a guy whose draft stock has risen exponentially. A guy that I got to watch play really well and in some pretty big games at, at times this year. 32, uh, we'll go 32 over under 32. Does he go in the first round? I'll take the over. I think he's outside. A lot of edges could go early and that could hurt, but that could also help him if it, you know, an edge needy team misses out early. Right. And he's more of a like five tech. So Mm -hmm. it's really, is there that team with an odd front at the end of round one? who's intrigued by these guys and you know interior pressure is really such a key in the modern NFL I think he does I think he does actually think he might have a massive senior bowl and uh consolidate that but length strength those are the guys that are playing up right now I think he gets a ton I see someone like him and I think of the Seahawks almost immediately someone like that and since they don't have a first round pick I'm going to go over and have uh the Seahawks take them in the second round I like it. Yeah, the last one I've got here is Wyoming linebacker Chad Muma, another guy that I really love. I think he's going to to see his draft stock rise here at the Senior Bowl. I struggle with a little bit where to set this line, um, so I, I'm going to put it at like 50, I guess. You know, is he an early second rounder or does he go late in the second round, early third round? I take the over on that one too. Just because I, th- I think there's a lot of linebackers, you know, like Devin Lloyd and, uh, you know, Christian Harris and the guy from Georgia. There's two guys. Yeah, two guys from Georgia. But with all of them, like there's a world where like one goes in the top 10, another goes like 50, but more likely like they all slip outside the top 10, I think. And then it just kind of sets everything back. So I'm, I'm going to say Muma's over 50 or what, what was like 50? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's a yeah. day two guy, not sure top 50, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm about the same. I think that, I mean, you see these linebackers, um, all it takes is one team, of course, but I feel like linebacker is more of a crapshoot in terms of these day two, three guys than any other position. Um, it could really go either way. So he could end up, you know, I don't know, 52 or whatever, but 
for the sake of the, the game, I'll say over. I'll say this. It's normally a lazy comparison when guys just go to the same position from the same school, but there's a lot of Logan Wilson and Chad Muma. He's really good in pass coverage. He moves well. He's a good tackler in open space. I don't think he's going to impress. I, I'm actually, I would go under. I think he, I don't think it's going to be a lot, but I could see him going like 49, you know, 48, something like that, depending on who's picking there. But also I'm just kind of giving a, a Colorado guy some love as well. Those I were the, the what, three Mountain West guys I had. He runs a mid four five, like Logan Wilson did. He won't drop to the third, like Logan did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll get his respect and he'll absolutely go. In That's a that good point. You, uh, while the comparison can be lazy, it also kind of helps in his favor. Yes. If you have a guy from yes. that system that's succeeding, very similar 100%. skill set, similar size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who'd like to go next? I'll throw uh, Quay Walker out there from, uh, from Georgia. I think he's a fun one. Just so big and can move pretty well. Um, but, but that line has got to be, say like, 89 and a half keep a little bit of late round three in the over i think uh, i'm gonna go under just because he's a georgia bulldog and i expect these guys to just get picked up yeah yeah i'm gonna go way under oh really did i see him go in round one um i think it might have been dj's mock let me check here but um yeah, he's getting a lot of play, which is crazy oh. because it's uh Tyndale's there, Nakobe Dean's there, so he's not even the third best. I mean, he's the third best linebacker on his own team. But that was an all-time team, and um he moves really well, and that tape is gonna look really good because he's got all these guys covering him up. Yeah, DJ mocked him at 26th overall. Really? Um <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That defense was so sick, man. But he's a sideline to side. He was kind of their sideline to sideline guy. Well, Tyndale was, you know, the hammer north and south. And Dean could kind of do a little bit of everything and is built different. Um, so, you know, just that guy that's going to play up, modern linebacker, similar to Chad Muma. So, yeah, give me the under 89 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the under as well. I, I don't know if I think he's a first rounder, but I definitely think he's a the second rounder at the, at the worst, just with the way these, I mean, if Mike Mayock was still a GM, he probably would be a first rounder. Cause it seemed like he only watched the national championship games, but um, yeah, I, I like the way he moves. I'd love for Mayock to be back as a draft analyst. Oh, me too. I missed him. He's man. really kind of burnt that bridge now though. Right. I mean, he didn't draft it's... well. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, the Renfro and like he didn't he didn't draft oh, well necessarily early, but he found yeah he found a lot of diamonds in the rough and and actually did pretty well with some of those mid round picks. It was just so bad in the first round, you know the mm-hmm. safety box safeties and reaching on people. I don't. It's just a weird weird tenure. Anything else? Um, you got Hank. Um, let's go with Darion Kendrick. A cornerback. Uh, you took um, one of mine. No, oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, that's a fun one. I think uh, loaded up on Georgia guys. Put that line at like four, 39 and a half. Let's go 39 and a half. Nice. I was going to say 40 and a half. So I think uh-huh. that's a good line. Um, You're going to include the Broncos. 
I was, yeah. And uh, for that reason, I'm going to go over. Um, I think he could be a really nice value pick, and I think he's someone the Broncos should target. <laughs> oh, man. I felt like his stock dropped off a little. I think he does go in round two, but it's more the second half. Okay. But, you know, I mean, they're all like a, a 4 4 away from <laughs> sneaking into the end of round one. Forget his top round two. So. I'm going to go over, but barely. I think there's a couple other corners that I like slightly more, but I do think he's a nice value addition for somebody in the second round. He's one who I think flies off the draft board. I, th- I think like the, the two picks in that semifinal really help him. And yeah, like all of a sudden he can play the ball. And he was, I'm pretty sure he was like a former receiver too. So I'm not sure what that was all about. But I do think like going through this process, the whole Georgia thing, it's, I think that bumps him up. Uh, I'll, I'll do uh, one more here. I'm going to take my Jay Sanders, uh, the the edge from uh, Cincinnati. Took one of mine. I bet um, um, he's the best. It's a tough one to set though. I'm going to go. I'm going to go twenty one and a half. <sighs> Higher, over, over. I don't like his, him though. I think that, I think number, his number should be thirty-one and a half. Okay. Like basically give him the Trey McBride treatment. Um, I think top twenty. This edge class is loaded enough to where he doesn't, but obviously has the high end upside to sneak in there with an immaculate draft season. And it starts in Mobile, where he could really impress against these small school guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big week for him coming up. Um, as it stands right now, I'll say over, but he's definitely a guy that uh, I'm glad you mentioned him because he could absolutely work himself up uh, this coming week. Over, yeah, I think he's a first rounder, but I don't think he's a top 20 pick just with the, the you know, I think a Jabo and Carl Aftis and, and some of these other guys probably go before him. I like it. Um, Jake, but, who do you got? Yeah, Jake. All right. Um, my first guy, I've got Trevor Penning, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. I've set the line at 25 and a half. I'll say under. I think we've seen some some hype recently. I think he's got a chance. I think the senior bowl's big for him, obviously, but people like tackles and tackles seem to rise. And you wind up well, two years ago, there was like the five tackles up at the top of the class. I don't think you see that, but I think we're getting close to a world where there's like four that people really like. Gosh, I really see this as a 50-50 proposition. Um, I think he sneaks in just under. Just under. Uh, I'll be very intrigued how his draft process goes, because obviously that's so much of his stock for Northern Iowa. But that length, he moves well. He's got some nastiness. These guys with the long glimpse who can also get guys to the ground, there's like really something to that. There's some strength in your hands to still knock guys down despite lacking the leverage because your limbs are so long. So, um, no, I, I think he gets in. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go under as well. He just feels like a modern tackle, a guy that's really going to rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Since uh, Hank took Darian Kendrick for me, I'm going to go with Roger McCreary, uh, cornerback out of Auburn. Um, 47 and a half. Mm, well set. Mm-hmm. I'll take the over on that one. But but it is well set. You can see it going under. For a minute, a lot of mocks had him like, you know, end of round one. I, yeah. I get it. You know, he, 
he's the kind of corner you like. He's feisty. Like he's just like dude's gonna be engaged and fight fight hard um, when he's targeted. Fight hard when there's a run his to his side. He's got enough size to be outside. He probably he's feisty and instinctive enough to be to fit in zone, and he's sticky enough to fit in man. Um, so I can see how he's just like a set and forget starter. He might never be an elite lockdown, but I can have a decent number two corner. And we know those are like $10 million players a year anyways. <sighs> okay, fine. I just talked myself into the under. I was going to go over, but I talked myself into the under. Yeah, I think you talked me into the under as well. He's one of, He's going to make some plays. He's going to get burnt a lot because of how aggressive he is, but... I mean, that's a lot of corners in the modern NFL. Look at what Trayvon Diggs is doing in Dallas. So one play gets burnt for 40, and then he gets a pick six. Like, it's oh. right. a lot of risk, a lot of reward. An absurd 14 pass breakups last year, 30 in his career. Yeah, that's why. Um, my last guy, I've got Brian Robinson Jr., the running back out of Alabama. I'm oh. setting the line at 64 and a half. Is he a second or a third round pick, guys? Over, I feel like he's a third round pick. I don't think he's gonna blow anyone away, you know, running in his underwear or anything like that. He's a very nice running back, you know, he can be somebody's change of pace guy, give you 10 to 15 carries a game. Obviously, doesn't have a ton of tread on his tires despite the age, but he is an older guy. He's not, he just he lacked the dynamicism that some of the other. Bama running backs have you know he's a really nice talent but there's a reason that it took him five years to get into the starting lineup yeah I agree plus a little injury history stuff um I think he goes over I'll take the under I think again I think you get the bump for for being on the the, the team that you're on like I I know people will like look at that and be like oh he has a great offensive line it's like also he was a he was a force in the college football playoff and I think that it's easy to look at that and say he's like, he has the size to be an NFL back. Like there's going to be some guys who bounce off of him. And, and it's kind of like the Isaiah Spiller conversation that we have, where it's like, ah, maybe not, the, not the most explosive. And obviously Isaiah Spiller is like a tier ahead, but just when you see the size, I think it's just a lot easier for me to see him as an NFL running back. Discouraged at all by, I mean, he definitely ran all over Cincinnati, but Georgia basically shut him down. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. It, it's great. It Maybe the best college defense ever, you know, at least in the conversation. But for sure, I yeah, yeah I just think that he has the the build to be one of those zone running NFL guys. Real quick, not to stop the game, but just I feel like last year when he was uh, kind of playing that change of pace in, in for Najee, um, he really I think showed his value there um, because he was able to kind of pop off eight, nine, ten yards when he was coming in in the, that role, and then. You saw him this year just as a bell cow, I think, a little bit more. I think that, uh, I don't know, he's a guy I like. I think he's uh, somewhat underrated uh, in terms of running backs at this point. Well, and checks off all the other boxes that might not be sexy, but the guy's got vision. He's reliable in pass pro. He can catch a few balls. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's like a ready-made pro. Um, and there's a few guys like this in this class who, like, they might not have been studs in college. Hank mentioned it with Spiller. James Cook feels that way to me. Um, you know, who are going to be fun. So that was a good, that, that was a good, is that your last one, Jay? I That's my last one, yeah. All right, I'll go, I'll go semi-quick. Um, I'll start with Jamari 
Salier, the left tackle for Georgia, um, part of that dominant left line, a guy who probably made himself a ton of money by really playing well against Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and uh, yeah, his measurements will be huge. His senior bowl basically all starts before they even hit the practice field. Because once they do, he's going to be a dog. And he'd still be a highly drafted guard. But for his ability to stick at tackle would be huge for his stock, similar to an Isaiah Wing guy. Setting his line at 42 and a half. Oh, that's a good one. Under barely. Ooh, I love it. He's yeah. sick. I love his take. Yeah. You, you, that's one of those things is when you watch him, like it's, it is really going to come down to measurements. Like, is he big enough to be yeah. a tackle or not? Yeah. If that's the case, then I'm definitely taking under. If he's a guard, I think it's more borderline. But I also think he... He's nasty enough as a guard that like he would be worth taking him a little bit higher than some of these other guys. So I'm going under. Yeah. yeah. I, I I see him Go as ahead. a I see him as a guard, but I really like him as a guard. And uh he's just so big. He's just so big. And you see him lined up there, like I don't know. I I planned on taking the under, but then you set the line so low that I've got to go over. I think he fits in that window between whatever 42 and 50. I'm going um, over. This is tough. A big measurement coming up with him with that arm size. Can yes. he get to 34? Um, I'm well, gonna. I'm gonna like go mid 33s. Jake would do the trick. Right. We still <laughs> right. like Isaiah win. Well, Jonah Williams will accept mid 33s. Just right. get me right. there, baby. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go over though. I think that uh, he will be seen more so as a guard, but having that tackle. Um, that slash ability, it's going to be, it's well set. It's going to be close. I'm going to go over though. Yeah, probably the higher upside guys go before him, but man, oh, he's so much fun. Okay, I'm going to go Arnold Ebikitty. I swear I've had notes about him before. The edge out of Penn State, who had a very productive season last year. Um, a guy who, if you watched the Nittany Lions, was kind of all over. Um, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. We're seeing him mocked more in um well mocked more and um in the first round obviously and we talked about it in our last mock after those top guys which we kind of had going higher a bit of a drop off i wonder if he could fill that gap and that's why i'm setting the line at 20 and a half um this guy is a temple transfer which means he played with our guy quincy roche for a couple years um, huge year for him at Penn State. 18 oh. tackles for losses, nine and a half sacks. Uh, what was the line again? Sorry, 20 and a half. Going aggressive on you. Not making this mm. easy. Yeah, I'm gonna go over then. Um, I think that there's other premier edges that eventually get taken over him. He's on that, he's right on that line though, that first round line. Yeah, you know? on that bubble. I'm gonna go over as well, but it's yeah, it's borderline. He's He's so impactful against the run in addition to what he brings as a edge rusher that I could see somebody being like, you want to know what? This is a three down edge guy. And, and we'd rather have that than some of these other guys who might be more, you know, pass rush situations or, or run fit guys. And so I, I could see that versatility really, you know, boosting his draft stock, especially if he eats at the senior bowl. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm banking on the Penn state pro day. 
Like, like, oh my you god, he's gonna have four too. I'm taking the under. I, oh, I didn't want to shit, at all. I thought the line would be set higher, but again, it's like my Jay Sanders. This, like, there's so many of them where it's just like a couple of them are gonna be in that top 20, but which ones? Penn State well Pro done, Day. Hank. I'm all signed well up. That, that man's gonna run like a four three or something as a massive what? edge just because of that dumbass track they have out I there. Mean, I can see remember. the tweet now. They're just like four three forty. Andy put up sixty two reps, and it's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> no, no way. But <laughs> Henry, what's gonna happen? This game. Yeah, I can't wait to see him run a low four three. That's yeah. gonna be amazing. First um, guy ever to run a four one. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to happen. He's actually not even playing football anymore. He's just going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. (laughs) They should just bring that track to the Olympics. Um, And because Hank stole MJ Sanders from me, I'm going Jermaine Johnson, the second, the Florida State edge rusher. Um, Mm -hmm. Lots of fans in the draft world. He's not the bendiest first step guy, which gives me a little pause. You guys all know. I mean, I was. You know, I grew up on Von Miller, so of course I like Bendy first step guys. Um, but yeah, I'm setting his number at 31 and a half. 31 and a half is a classic. Does he get into round one or does he go day two? Uh, over, um, but I think he's a top 10 pick in the second round. Because I said over on Cam Thomas, I'm going to say under on Jermaine Johnson. I, feel I like did that because I, I think Cam Thomas guys. is. I think Cam Thomas is a little more versatile, right. but... I'll go under. I, and then it's only because there it's, it just takes one team. Yeah. Like it's like you, like Dre said, like he's everywhere in the draft where you go on the NFL draft Reddit and every day there's somebody like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to blow up the league. And you just know, like the Raiders or the Seahawks or one of those dumb teams is just going to be like, Oh, this guy, what a, what a freak. We're going to, yeah, he's it's, it's going to be under. It's going to be a bad pick. He's a very big three, four guy. So those three fours that want the like jumbo linebackers on the um, outside is I think like old school Ravens, uh, the Patriots. I mean, shit, the Patriots used to really do this. Right. They kind of mm-hmm. molded that D um, into even more of an uh, even front at this point. But he he kind of fits that style of football. Which shit, there's not a ton of teams playing that. It's true. It reminds me of Demarcus Walker in a sense, where it's just like I don't really know <laughs> what I do with this guy. Yeah. Great job coming up with the acceptable school on school comps today. Usually those are no no <laughs> and lazy, but today you you brought the correct one. Henry <laughs> dominated with the Penn State track comment. Wow, what a second segment. Hey, <laughs> this one in the move, boys. Um, let's get into the matchups. I had I had a hard out and we've gone seven minutes past and we still have one more segment. All right, before we do that, just real quick, I got to shout out Ripple, which is a fast-acting, dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. Ripple starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. With Ripple dissolvables, you can make anything inedible. Flavorless, dissolvable, it's the quick powder. You can put it right on your tongue, and that's awesome. No sketchy science here. Ripple's speed and absorption were studied by Colorado State University Go Rams in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people, and the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. If you went to college, you know what a peer-reviewed journal is. I don't, even though I did go to college, because I didn't study anything that intense. Anyways, you can find Ripple at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade, where there are 10, soon to be 11, convenient locations throughout the Denver metro and Aurora area. They offer something for everyone, from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. 
They have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And our listeners are going to get 25% off all non-sale items when you use the code DNVR. Go to lightshade.com, get the, select the closest location near you. Make sure you enter that code DNVR, 20, DNVR and save 25% on your order. Shout out to Lightshade Dispensary, Colorado's premier dispensary location. All right. I really want to try that Ripple stuff. It, I'm, I'm very intrigued by a Some potential of, of a fact stacking dissolvable. Highly of it. Highly. Um, so, yeah. They say it's the way to go. Clean and easy. So, there you go. Clean and easy. It will not be three days of practices and a game. Senior Bowl used to be Mobile, Alabama. Now they've got us at South Alabama. I hate it, but it's fine. Um and yeah, so favorite matchups to be watching. I would almost suggest starting it off and bailing in six minutes since I got a heart out and then you guys could go. Yeah, go um, all of mine are trench play related and they're a lot of the guys I set over-unders on, so I will avoid redundancy. Um, but really the national D, the Matchups to watch are on the national side. Edge versus offense tackles. You've got the two small school guys, the behemoths, Burhard, Raymond, Central Michigan, Aust- Austrian, Austrian. Um, and then Trevor Penning. Actually, I think Raymond might be a smoother mover and maybe just as nasty. He's also 6'7. Penning, more of a bad MF. Zion Johnson, love Zion Johnson. There's another Zion in this draft who went to Miami. He sucks. He's overrated. Um, He's a left tackle. Zion Johnson is the shit, though. Can he stick at tackle, though, where he played at Boston College for the jerk Jerkovich, or will he have to be moved inside? Big question for him. And Falele, you've got those four offensive tackles all in the All-American mix, all in the first-round mix, potentially, and add Abram Lucas, a guy who two years in a row at Wazoo, the right tackle, played very well against Kayvon Thibodeau. Just just look him up on Twitter, go to videos. You'll see it all. Those guys, those five studs get to go against Ebikitty, who we just talked about, B.J. Sanders, who, like, eh, B.J. Sanders is playing for the world right now, plus Tyreek Smith, former five-star Ohio State. Look, has had a decent career, but never exploded the way you wanted. But I mean, we saw Jonathan Cooper, like uh, Ohio State, hard to make an impact. This guy could explode. And also Logan Hall at Houston. That is the matchup and the unit I will be glued in on when the Nationals playing and those guys are going one on one. I'll be locked in. And like, how's Falele going to hold up in one on ones against these dudes? Yeah. I mean, that was my number one matchup Falele versus MyJ Sanders. Incredible. There's a lot of interesting ones, man. I'm, oh, I really yeah. want to see how Devin Lloyd does against in like pass rushing situations against some of these tackles. But I'm also curious how he looks in pass coverage against some of these tight ends. You know, Devin Lloyd versus Trey McBride, or you know, Trey McBride and Muma obviously play each other in the regular season, so we've seen that one play out. But that'll be a fun one. A couple of Colorado guys that we can watch go at it. A couple of physical players. Um, I'm really interested though in the Cincinnati DB Kobe Bryant. And how he goes up against some of these wide receivers, specifically Romeo Dubs of Nevada, one of the best deep ball guys in the country. I thought Kobe played really well over the last couple of of regular season games and then into that college football playoff. I think he has an opportunity to really like cement his status as an early second round pick, maybe even, I don't know, we'll have to see. I want to see how he tackles, but 
I, I really like his his chance to kind of show how he does in pass coverage here. Um, <clears throat> I've got a few, mostly on the uh, national side. These tight ends against these linebackers, uh, we've already kind of mentioned, but the tight ends on national are absolutely stacked. Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State, Cole Turner, Nevada, Charlie Kohler, Iowa State, and then, of course, our guy Trey McBride. Um, they get to go against Chad Muma. Um I'm sorry, I just lost it. I think Devin Lloyd's on this team. He is, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, who else is there? Uh, we got a uh, oh Hanks guy, Troy Anderson. Um, so there's going to be some matchups in the national side when we get to one-on-ones, uh, tight ends and backs. And then um, just another one that I wanted to throw out there was a Jahan Dotson. We didn't really talk about him much, um, but is he the stud that we think he is? Yeah. And with Troy Anderson, that that was the other one I had. I chose Trey McBride as like the one that I'm most excited about. But I'm really excited about Troy Anderson because he's, I mean, he's a freak. He's basically a mix of uh, that uh, dumb fake quarterback at uh, New Orleans, whose name I'm blanking on. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Yeah, he's a mix of Taysom Hill and uh, Luke Keekley is my comp for him. Um, yeah. You think but- he moves well enough in coverage? I do, but that's right. what that's that is the question. Sure, that's what sure, I'm excited sure. to right. see. Right. Um, but yeah, right. it's a different and, deal when you're tested against Power Five and future NFL guys, right? But totally. that is that is the big question with him. Yeah. Yep. Um, national team, I agree. Like it's all in the trenches. Tyreek Smith, you brought him up, but that's uh, I mean, George Payton loves those Ohio State guys. That's that's one to definitely keep an eye on, and we'll see. Uh, also, Boye Mafe, edge rusher from Minnesota. He's a freak. He'll be fun. Um, and you brought up Abe Lucas, American team. I picked Zachary Carter versus Jamari Salier. Um, that that was my big yeah. one. Zachary Carter, the edge from Florida, just this big, mean guy who put up solid numbers. And then another really big, really mean guy in Jamari Salier. So that'll be that'll be a battle for sure. Um, Quay Walker versus Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is a fun one for me. I think he moves really well for a tight end. Yeah. I think he could fly up. Quay Walker, we we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Also, Greg yeah. Dulcich from UCLA, another good tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and this the Senior Bowl is loaded with tight ends. Yeah, stacked. tight ends absolutely stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah. it's going to be a fun Senior Bowl. Uh, we've you know gave you some some matchups to look at. I'll talk about this more on the CSU podcast specifically. But weirdly, uh, a lot of Positions to watch with interest for Ram fans. They hired Montana State's defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. So how Anderson performs, that'll be kind of interesting. Obviously, a bunch of Nevada guys and Trey McBride. So uh, a lot of Ram interest when it comes to the Senior Bowl. I, for one, am really looking forward to it. I know Dre's going to be out there with Mason RK. So he'll have boots on the ground and be able to give us some some inside perspective. Going to be a blast. Make sure you're keeping up with all things we're doing locally, whether it's CU, CSU. Or the Broncos. The, the Broncos have a head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. We didn't even talk about that today. Yeah. So we have just a shit ton of stuff to, to dive into in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's the offseason, but it's also not the offseason. It's draft season, baby. So thank you for tuning in. Send in your questions. DraftKings Sportsbook. Send in your questions and we will answer them. Um, we did have a couple that we didn't. We can get them real quick. Hank, what were those questions? Ooh, want to hit real quick? Um, well, the first one, this isn't worded right, but... Off the top of my head, it's basically: Are there any late round running backs who would be fun to pair with Javante? Like, what's your what's your dream pairing? Who should we watch out for? Ooh. Watch um, for guys like Jerome Ford here at the Senior Bowl. You know, I mean, the scat backs, former Alabama transfer, super light, uh, but really lit it up at Cincinnati this year. 
Yeah, another senior bowl guy, Damian Pierce, a guy that I've really liked from Florida. Um, he is FIU, pretty similar right? to uh, – no, Florida. Oh, he's um, the Florida, Florida guy. Okay. Yeah, um, pretty similar to, similar to Javante in terms of just he can be punishing when he runs. He's not as punishing, of course, but um, if you want to go full, just smashing people's faces in, that'd be fun. Throw James Cook out there too. Um, yes. More like a little receiving back type of guy. I'm not quite as physical as his brother Dalvin, but you know, it's he is his brother. That's exciting. James Cook is is the guy I would throw out as well. I think he would pair really nicely with Javante. One more question, and then we'll hit the road. Um, so is Malik Willis just the best athlete at quarterback this year in a weak class, or does he possess athletic skill sets that would help him stand apart in any year? Um, also, would you feel comfortable building an offense around him if he's that special of an athlete? Um, like, that's a good question. I think, I mean, Malik's, Malik's legs would stand out in any class. I think he's, he's always going to be looked at as that guy, but I'm not sure that he, I mean, he, he, he would not be this high in the rankings just because he's lacking some of the other traits in terms of building an offense. Right. I, it'd be a challenge. It'd be a challenge for sure. I think Hackett um, could hack it. <laughs> I think special is where it's a really pointed question. Mm-hmm. And I would say no. Um, he's high-end, high-end athlete for the position. And we've certainly seen um, quarterbacks possessing those high-end athletic traits translate that. Um, you know, I'd say he's comparable to a Dak or a Deshaun Watson's athleticism. and. Um, I like you said that. I would say he's more Dacker Deshaun than he is Lamar Jackson. And I think he yes. gets boxed into kind of the yes. wrong tier. Right. right. Like um, Hurts is a decent comparison. Like, is he that much better an athlete than Sam Darnold, who was like a really good athlete, or Daniel Jones, who's been clocked at like 23 miles per hour? No, I think he's right there. And those guys are really great athletes for the position, but those are great examples of like you're only gonna get so far if it's only athleticism. And that's the question with Malik is how much can you develop and grow? Well, you look at a class like last year's too, it was extremely athletic at quarterback with Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, even Trevor Lawrence. These are guys that can all move and run. Um, So if he's in last year's class, those legs probably stand out a bit, but I don't know if it's, um, you know, it's not as special last year as as it is this year, where he's kind of the only guy. Um, And then real quick, designing an offense, I think that would be fun just because, you can kind of channel your inner Baltimore Ravens and kind of have some fun. I think a, a while ago I said that he reminds me of uh, Cam Newton, which was a bad comparison. I didn't mean it that way. I mean, like when Malik Willis like sees himself, I think he sees himself as Cam Newton um, because that's kind of how he plays. He's really reckless and stuff when he's obviously not like that big. He doesn't have that ability to do that. So you got to kind of rein that in. That's the tough thing with him, I think. That's scary, man, especially for a team that, you know, st- they need stability at the at the QB position. I don't think oh. they want to be in a RG three type scenario where you know a year right, into your investment, the guys just beat to hell and then can no longer move around. But good coaching can can fix a lot of that. So I would also it'll say, be interesting. I'm not sure he's like a gajillion times a better athlete than Sam Howell. Like I think right. they're not that. You know. Um, and it's not just pure athleticism. Like what really intrigues you about Malik Willis is his ability to throw on the run and kind of get throws off, like, um, you know, off platform, all the shit you see from these new quarterbacks. That's really intriguing. He has that stuff.
It's more than the running ability. It's more that stuff than the running ability. I think he could operate pretty well in a West Coast fit, you know, where you're just relying on the play action a lot and, you know, to cool. stretch in the field every now and then, not necessarily picking everybody apart between the, the sticks over and over again, but just, you know, use on those, rely on those, on those unique traits. But yeah. it's going to be fun. Thank you to everybody. Please get those questions in. Um, we, we love them. We love to talk about all this stuff and we love all of you for listening to the Draft Pod. We'll be back next week. I'm JTM for Dre, for Hank, and for Jake. I couldn't remember which order I had set them in. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs)